Well, you as a practitioner, you do a bunch of stuff. You coach athletes of different sports and populations. You coach other coaches. You mentor interns. You have to work on yourself as a brand and a professional. So you are, are multifaceted yourself. To learn the best, you'd also want to learn from someone who's also multifaceted. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here to share stories, lessons, and experiences in sports performance and professional development. Today, I'm going to teach you all about how to become a better consumer of social media. Let's do it. So, why does this even matter? Why is this worth listening to? Why is this worth making? And what is the point? At the end of the day, you consume social media as a coach, an athlete, a practitioner, whatever it may be, to make yourself better. And one thing I totally believe is that everything is a skill. So you can consequently become better at consuming social media, filtering, sifting through it, extracting value out of it. That's really why we're here, listening to this podcast, scrolling on social media, is to get value. So to get the most value as efficiently and effectively as possible, you should sharpen your tool of consuming social media. And there was this really insightful, interesting video that uh, Brett Contreras had when he was on someone else's podcast. And the moral of the story is that we live in super, super weird times where the people who are actually doing really good stuff, the people who are actually experts, aren't the ones who are the best at social media. In this, in this video, feel free to go find it on, on Instagram or the Claire Bay's podcast, where back in the day, the experts were the ones in the media because they were being interviewed, they were on TV, news companies were going out and seeking them out, versus now, anyone can buy a nice camera. And the people that have the time to make their social media look super legit aren't actually out there training and becoming an expert and working on their craft. So it's just a weird time to be in where the best looking people on social media aren't necessarily the people who are the best. So there is context. So you, you have your own context. What is your demographic of athletes that you train? What equipment do you have? How much space do you have? How much time do you get with your athletes? And what is your reason to consuming? I think it's valuable to point out you could just be trying to find a new variation for your warm-up. I try to find new drills and things for my youth and younger athletes all the time just to toss in, change it up, see what I like, what I don't like versus with some of my older athletes, my high level athletes, it's to find those little beat bits and pieces, maybe tweaks and variations here or there, but just trying to get that last kind of 1%. So there, there are times where you can get that, that short, quick drill value, but there are times where it's that last little percent that you're just trying to get a more, more well-rounded picture on. And consequently, whoever is posting or, or whoever you are consuming from, there is their own demographic that they are training. There is their equipment, space, time. You know, for example, I post a lot about having a 1080 Sprint, which is a $20,000 piece of Sprint training machinery. Not everyone has that. But if I'm able to describe it as resisted sprinting in general, data collection in general, well then that can be a little bit more applicable. So that's not to say that everyone's uh, demographic, equipment, space, whatever has to exactly match yours, but 
Do they have the ability to talk through their logic? What is the truth bigger than the specific uh, setting or whatever it may be? So just to create some context, not only for you, but also their own context as well, just to have both of those in the back of your mind. So the, the red flag that we always talk about at, at TC Boost where I'm currently coaching is who do you train? All of these people are just in their basements. All of these people are just in their facility with a nice camera and it's just them. It's like, yeah, it works for you demonstrating one drill because you've probably been doing that for a while so it looks actually good when you record yourself. But how does that look with a group of 10? With a group of 40? How does it look outside on a high school football field? How does it look in 3,000 square feet, 10,000 square feet? So that is definitely a, a big red flag where it's like, Anyone can be a drill warrior. I don't know if I just made that term up or not, but it's like, who do you train? You know, I, I saw this, uh, I'm not gonna say their name, and I, I'm not trying to bash anyone specifically, this is just an example where it's like 19-year-old evidence-based, science-based practitioner. I've helped over 400 people eliminate pain. Really? You think that, well, I guess people actually do believe that, but it's like, it's like, you know, this, this 20, 23 year old, oh, I, I'm helping a thousand million plus athletes do all this stuff. It's like, dude, you just like came across this one, this one buzzword in your, in your exercise science 101 class, and then you're gonna make it your whole personality trait for the next three weeks. So are, they, are people actually training people? Are they similar to what you're working with, or are they able to talk through their logic and their thought process. So big red flag, if it's just them doing their thing in their basement, in their living room, in maybe a, a nice facility, and they might train people, but then it's like, why aren't they showing off who they're actually training then? You know, do they, do they not trust their actual programs? Do they not get actual results with their actual athletes? So for sure, the biggest red flag, the one that we always joke about is, who do you train? Uh, a next red flag, and I go back and forth on if this is a red flag or not, but have you ever heard their voice? And it's not to say that, that someone has to be comfortable on camera, someone has to have a camera. And it's not to say that they have to post themselves speaking, but even people that don't have that much of a social media presence, um, or I'll, I'll use uh, Stu McMillan as an example. So Stu, and Altus, they are big on social media. They've both been doing speed training for multiple decades. They have a super su successful business and they get results. A lot of their posts on social media are, are training clips, but I know that they do podcasts and webinars and stuff like that where just being a fan and a consumer of theirs for a while, I've actually heard their voice. A lot of these people that, that blow up um, are just training in their basement, kind of like the red flag that I referenced earlier, I've never heard their voice and they keep popping up on my, on my Instagram reel suggested. So I think that, that that's a, a different way to kind of look at a potential kind of red flag. It's like, what do you even, what do you even sound like? Uh, if they have too many followers. So this goes back to, to um, who do you actually train? If you have enough time and ability 
to blow up, relatively speaking, right? To get into the hundred thousands and stuff like that. It's not to say that it, it, it can't be done, but for example, like Les Spellman, he, he's a really good example. He's crushing the social media game. But I think he also has like a full-time videographer and a, a full-time like social media person. Don't quote me, but he has a team beyond just him, which good for him. He's crushing it, but he's also investing in it. And that's why his stuff looks so good. Not because he coaches one hour a day and spends seven hours you know, editing and posting and stuff like that. So followers, I think in this case, there is, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a bell curve, right? If someone just has 100 followers and like three posts, probably not. But if someone's in the 100,000, half a million, shout out to you, that is super hard to get done but probably not going to be the most valuable real life um, value that you can extract from them. It's just social media value. And we're not here consuming social media to be better at social media. We're here consuming social media to become better at our jobs, coaching athletes day in and day out. Now, I will give them some credit. If you are consuming social media to get some tips, some tricks, learn from the best 100%. But if we all agree that we're here to become better as practitioners, then do it. But I've, I've scrolled through their page. I'm like, what's the truth? What's working for them? Why is it successful? And then they're making these bold claims. Look at that. They're making these bold claims. They're posting clickbait. It's just drills. They're in such a, a, narrow, a narrow field of, of content where it's like just complicated plyometric drills or where it's just... I don't know, people love multi-directional plyos for some reason. But it's almost too narrow of a market where it's like, that's a cool drill, but like, what, what's the point, you know? And, and, and going back to the, have you heard their voice? It's, you can type out stuff in captions. You know, I, I do that myself as well. But if it's like, if it's like, they don't provide value to you beyond that one super, super specific thing, I would say that that's also a, a big red flag. So green flags. Let's take a step back and ask, what would a full-time practitioner in sports performance, a full-time athletic trainer, a full-time uh, strength and conditioning coach, a full-time whatever it may be, with a decent amount of experience and expertise, they've been doing it for you know three plus, five plus, 10 plus years, what would their social media look like? It would. It would be thoughtful and, and put together. I think that there would be some rhyme and reason. I don't think it would look picture perfect. I think that, that there might be those few posts that they would, they would put more time and effort in, but I think that there would be a lot of those more real posts, R-E-A-L, not R-E-E-L. Those real posts of like just them just filming on their phone while they're actually doing the thing, right? When they're actually out there coaching, making themselves an expert in the thing that, that they're working towards and striving towards. And consequently, those are gonna be our, our green flags. So are they training a, a, similar, a similar population, right? And it's not to say that it has to be precise, exact to the point, but you know, I, I train mostly 12 to 18 year olds right now. Well, I also work with nine year olds up to pros and adults, but I think Jeremy Frisch does a really good job with the youth athletes, and there's truth to that, right? Not only for my athletes of the same age, but can I apply a few concepts or principles to my older athletes? Yeah, Les Spellman, he, 
mostly works with the NFL Combine football offseason guys. Well, that's a little bit beyond my high schoolers, but there's still those, those truths and those concepts. So, consequently, if the populations don't line up exactly, well, do they have their logic and reason? Does it make sense? Does it apply to that, that bigger picture of speed training, that value that you can extract even if every single little detail doesn't line up? Can you, can you take that away from the social media just consuming their content? Um, whether it's speaking through their logic, whether it's typing it through, we all know, we, we've all taken the same classes. We all have a degree in exercise science or biomechanics or kinesiology, whatever it may be. Everyone knows rate of force development. Everyone knows neuromuscular coordination. Everyone knows um, antagonistic co-contractions. Everyone knows uh, rate coding and neural firing patterns, right? All these, all these buzzwords, but it's like, you don't say those words when you coach. You don't really use those words too much when you're like talking through a podcast. So why are those words so prevalent on social media? Because it's just clickbaity, it's just buzzwordy, it's because it gets your attention to, to like fake show how smart you are. It's not that those words aren't true, but when they're, when they're used to a point of, of excess, then I think that, that that's when that becomes a, a red flag and consequently when it's a green flag of of you can read through or you can listen to them speak and it's like oh that makes a lot of sense i can tell them they know their stuff but they know it so well that they can boil down this super complex topic into this simple language digestible format versus if you don't really know what you're doing you toss in all those buzzwords to try to cover it up or make yourself sound smart so green flags, if they're working with a similar population, their stuff makes sense. They have that narrow market-ish to where you think, if someone asked you to describe someone's social media page, that you would summarize it maybe in a few bullet points that are all related, but it's not just one super specific thing. You know, I have plenty of pages that I don't follow but keep popping up where it's like they just do this one thing crazy good. Well, you as a practitioner, you do a bunch of stuff. You coach athletes of different sports and populations. You, you coach other coaches. You mentor interns. You have to work on yourself as a brand and a professional. So you are this multifaceted thing, and that's just using coach as an example. This can apply to any professional. You are, are multifaceted yourself. So then to learn the best, you'd also want to learn from someone who's also multifaceted. So I think if they have that umbrella of things that you can describe them under this umbrella, but within that, they, they do multiple things very well. And also, that it's just easy to consume, right? They know what they're talking about. You know, they might use a few big words here or there, but it's not because they need to, right? They can get it across without having to say that. So last, just four kind of take home points is that there's a little bit of truth to everything. Right? To, say that, to say that there are posts out there that provide zero value or you cannot extract zero value from is not what I'm saying. I don't think that that's true. But you can only extract the value from it if you have this lens, this tool, and the skill of being a better 
uh, consumer of social media. So there's a little bit of truth to everything, but everything is not what it seems. So the amount of followers, how good it looks, whatever it may be. So what is your truth and what is their truth or your context versus their context? And are you willing to be, are you willing to say, and do you have the ability to say, well, here are my five big check boxes of what I do and what I'm trying to learn. And well, they only have like two or maybe like one and a half, or maybe only one box that aligns. Here's what I'm gonna take and I'm gonna leave the other four just because it doesn't make sense versus taking everything as its whole. So for example, I think that there's a lot of people that, that blow up just because they're like a drill warrior. They post cool stuff, different stuff, these super long, fancy, complicated names because there's all these ladders and boxes and resistance bands just to do one rep of a drill because there's, there's four categories of social media. You can educate, you can entertain, you can highlight your athletes, and you can innovate as well. So innovation does well on social media because it's new, it's dopamine. It's like, oh my gosh, this is this new cool thing. Um, but at the end of the day, we know that, it's, that training is training, the foundations are the foundations. You know, there, there's things on the fringe that last 20% of training that, that you're in the process of, of experimenting and, and um, figuring out what the truth is. But at the end of the day, your big rocks are your big rocks for a reason. Next. It's okay to be critical, right? You are here to make yourself better, consequently make your athletes better, right? So it's not to say that, um, I'm not here trashing any, any social media uh, accounts. The only specific ones that I, I said was to compliment them. And even the ones that are red flags, I can consequ I consequently turn it into a green flag, right? If they have a lot of followers. Well, learn what they're doing from a social media perspective, not from a coaching perspective. So, you know, if, if, if you scroll on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok later after listening to this, and there's a few pages that, that you want to evaluate a little further, you can unfollow them, right? If you realize that like the value that they provide you is not the value that you're truly, or the value that they provide in general is not truly the value that you are seeking for yourself. So it's okay to be critical and these might be some, some hot takes. This might be a red flag for myself as well that I'm you know, talking poorly about social media, but it's to make your, you, yourself better. And I've extracted more social media with these kind of concepts and consequently that's why I want you to extract more uh, value as well. So if you're gonna take something, right? So let, let's tie this into action to end. If you're gonna take something from social media, well try it on yourself first. I, I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, that's a cool variation. I'll, I'll, I'll mess with it in my own workout because no one cares if I get injured, right? Try it out on yourself and then maybe try it out in a smaller setting. Maybe you and your coworker, maybe just a one-on-one -on -one if you coach privately, right? Or interns if you guys are doing like a staff lift. Try it out on yourself and then a few athletes and then full scale. But to take something right away from their super specific um, setting, their circumstance, which maybe four of the five boxes align, right? It's not truly your setting. So there's things that I, I've, I've taken from social media that I've messed around with, that I've kept, and messed around with, that I've, I've realized just doesn't make that much sense for me. So there you have it, how to become a better consumer of social media. 
It is a skill, it's a tool, you have to sharpen it. What's your truth? What's the truth they're talking about? Is it almost a little too good to be true, their social media? So hope that helps, work on it. Happy social media consumption.